1: My name is John Myers. In this edition, we speak with Carolyn Mafood, CEO of the Grace Kennedy Foundation, and Tankita Chance Wilson, CEO of the Grace and Staff Community Development Foundation. Carolyn, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Hi, thank you so much. Glad to be with you. The Grace Kennedy Foundation has been involved with a number of projects, uh, geared towards protecting the environment, as well as assisting persons who are in need. Could you just start out by telling us briefly what the GK Foundation is about, when was it started, and what have been some of the projects that you've been involved with? The Grace
2: Foundation will be celebrating its 40th year next year. Um, and we have been, our primary focus is in three areas: education, the environment, and healthy lifestyles. So uh, there are two particular areas that I would have, I'd like to highlight. Um, one is our Healthy Lifestyles Program, which the primary focus for that is our GK Campus Connect Food Bank. And we have been helping university students. Our, our education program has always been focused on university students, scholarships for university students. But what we realized is that even with the support that we were giving these students, many were facing hunger. And we wanted to come up with a solution for that, because Grace Kennedy is the largest food manufacturing company in the Caribbean. So we developed a a program, and students with the most need on our campuses get packages every month, food packages. And it's done in a very discreet way, a very respectful way, so that it's not, you know, it's not about advertising, it's about support and help for these students. And it's really been going very, very well. Um, During COVID, when COVID just started, there were a number of international students left on our university campuses and we were able to work with the deals at UNU Tech to uh, meet their needs and get packages out to them right away. Um, And yeah, so the the project has been going well and we've been getting good support internally from Grace Kennedy companies and from other external partners as well.
1: Does this involve all the universities or tertiary institutions?
2: It's a particular set for now because our focus, our scholarships are for UE, UTEC, and Edna Manley College. So those are the three campuses that we focus on. Um, We have provided some support for the Caribbean Maritime University, but it's been more of a one-off kind of um, program. And the truth is, it's a very expensive initiative. How many students are we talking about? 110 students, and um, it's a million dollars a month. just do that. So it it is an expensive process, but we are committed to it. Um, I know it's a way we find it as a very important program for Grace Kennedy. So it's something that the company is committed to, and we're really trying to figure out solutions. One of the things that we're doing is seeing how we can get our customers involved. So we're doing initiatives like when you buy your insurance, $100 will go towards Food bank, or you know, if you you know, we'll do campaigns if you buy a particular product. Funds will go towards the food bank, things like that. Just where they can help and participate, but without it really being onerous on them. You know what I mean? What has
1: been the response like?
2: Well, we're just in the process of getting that going. I know for our insurance for the initiative with the um, with GK Insurance, we are our target is I think we're going to be raising about three hundred fifty thousand dollars just from that initiative
1: this year for yeah. the Food Bank. Just explain for us, um, what exactly do you provide these students with? Sure. Well, we're not set up for cold
2: produce. So we, it's tinned items, dry goods, you know, rice, oats, and then all of our, obviously, our well-known tin products. Corned beef, sausages, mackerel, sardines, um, tinned beans, We're trying to give them, we're trying to give change vegetables. So we're trying to give our kind of rounded diet. Um, One of the things that we're looking at and we're hoping to implement for September is working with our um, factory in Clarendon to see if maybe we can actually have these where we we are able to distribute produce directly to the students as well. Fresh produce. Um, So, you know, it's a work in progress. The Food Bank actually started in April 2019 and we've been learning and understanding how best to meet the needs. Um, so as we grow, we will be adding more and more to that. COVID really actually made it a little more challenging, but so far we've been able to um, ensure that the students remain safe to collect their packages and for those who can't make it in because they're now back in their various parishes and they're not in Kingston, we've
1: um, also figured out solutions to be able to get the packages to them. I know you said it, it's, it's an expensive undertaking, but any plans to expand that going forward? Um, Absolutely.
2: I mean, our dream was to be able to have it on every campus, every university campus. So that would be ideal. Um, but as I said, you know, we have to be wise about what we take on, how fast we grow. We have to make sure that we have an income to do it. Um, because this is unusual. For the, for the Grace Kennedy Foundation, we live off of an, an, an endowment. We live off of the interest we earn. So in this case, this is very different for us because we actually do need to fundraise
1: to, to meet the needs. And what has been the response like from these students who have benefited from the program?
2: Um, we actually have a very... I'm hoping that you'll get this video on the site. It, it has been life-changing for them. I mean, it is heartbreaking to hear students say things like, "We used my family used to share one tin of mackerel for a week. I had, a, I had the head, the person who runs the financial aid office from UTex share that she knew of a student that was relying on cough syrup to keep them going during the day because they just needed that little sugar in them to hold yes. them for the day. So it, it, you know, they rely on tea for the whole day. So it, for those students, it is really, really making a difference for them. And nutrition is so important. Exactly. At a point, they can't do well. So it is, and we, we actually wanted we want to get some more data and information on, you know, the impact. And we're hoping to measure
1: that as time goes on. Well, I wish you well on that program, and I really do hope that you get the kind of support that you you need to expand it um, to to reach other students. But you've also been involved in other important projects, uh, in particular,
2: lecture that we had a couple of years ago that's focused on the, the harbor. It was a, The title was about whether the Kingston Harbor was a pipe dream or a pot of gold. We believe that Kingston Harbor is a pot of gold. There's a lot of potential for shipping. There's a lot of potential for fishing, for recreation. As you know, there's a project by the government for a harbor walk. We want people to come downtown and enjoy the harbor, but right now that's not possible with this stench and with the pollution that's coming down from upstream and through the gullies into the harbor. So right now we're working on a pilot project that's funded by the Caribbean Biodiversity Fund and it's in partnership with the Center for Marine Sciences, um, Mona Geoinformatics and New Worlds Limited. And we are focused on restoring mangroves around the Kingston Harbor as well as focusing on one gully, just one, the Barnes gully, which is right near our head office. And the Grace Kennedy Foundation is working on educating persons in the community and also training people in film as a new livelihood and for them to use those skills to highlight the issues facing persons living near the
3: harbor.
1: Why that particular gully?
2: Well, we picked it because it is near our office and Grace Kennedy has worked downtown and in that community for years. Um, I must confess that gully has, I don't know if you've driven by it lately. is unbelievable because there is blood and chicken feathers coming from the chicken factory, and the people in the community are so frustrated by all that they're faced with. It needs work. That gully requires work. So, a lot of it is industrial pollution. Industrial pollution. We're using this project as a pilot because we really feel like corporate Jamaica needs to get involved and think about adopting gullies and working with the communities near their near factories and their industries keep those gullies clean. So in addition to that we are now working with an organization called the Ocean Cleanup, an international organization that actually is trying to clean all of our oceans of plastic and they are going to be they're working on launching a pilot project in Jamaica where they'll target all 11 of the gullies um, entering the harbor and putting up barriers and cleaning them out and we're going to be working with them on that. How far is that project? Well, we're hoping it will get started. The pilot for three gullies will get started um, in September and then within six months expand to the other eight gullies.
1: Exactly. How do they plan to to do
2: this? (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time they're doing this project anywhere in the world where they're focusing on the gullies. Um, They're used as a river project, but they know it's the gullies. And they're putting up barriers at all the gullies and they have a piece of equipment that will be able to have a conveyor belt and that will be able to pick up the waste that, that has been trapped by the barriers and be taken to an offloading site and then sorted, try and separate the plastics out, and the plastics can go to Reef Cycle Partners of Jamaica and then the garbage to the Riverton City, though. You're all looking forward to this, um pilot Very much so. So the first six months is really to see what works, what doesn't work. I mean, we have cars coming down our bodies when it's raining, right? We have to see if the barriers can manage the kind of waste that comes through our bodies um and see how it can be improved. So once after the six months, if they see what works, what doesn't work, we will modify accordingly. But it's it's a goal, we're definitely gonna do it. Coming out of that lecture that we had that raised a lot of awareness is what we've seen is that there is more and more interest and we think that the Kingston Harbour is a can work serve as a really good model for the rest of the Caribbean. So I think if with the ocean cleanup coming here to Jamaica, um, and you know more interest, maybe that we'll be able to then target really cleaning out the mangroves because the mangroves are in terrible condition. They are stifling because of plastic, and so the, the plastics are not just on the host, they're actually embedded into the mangroves. So we do have a lot more work to do, but I think as we increase awareness. We will also be able to increase the interest and funding coming into the island to be able to tackle more. Part of the Ocean Cleaner Project um, is going to be on an outreach, and we are going to be initiating conversations with entities near the various gullies to see how they can also get involved. We've actually received calls already from a couple of companies who, um, who are interested in doing that. So um, we will be, we definitely will, will be pursuing that. I must say that you know we have Minister Colonel Charles Jr. is aware of what we're doing and we're excited about it. He has given his full support, and we are going to be working with him for the National Environmental Plan. So we we do think there is potential for a lot of growth and to pull in all the different partners to see to see a change. We need we need to we need to change. We need to keep our police clean. As you know, we'll be a hundred years downtown next year it's going to be a big year for us and we are going to be here for another 100 or 200 so we we are committed to beautifying and keeping downtown vibrant
1: why is it so important for you to to do what you do to help others
2: i think it's ingrained in us you know that we care mantra that has existed for the hundred years we've never i don't think we've ever done things just for the prc it's just not the way we behave or think. A lot of our work nobody even knows of because it's not about the show, you know what I mean? It's about really, it's it's just cultural for our companies, cultural to be committed to the communities that we serve and to be committed to changing lives. And I personally, from my perspective, absolutely love what I do. I'm given the freedom to do it. I I love seeing the university students who are coming from difficult circumstances Change your life, change your family's lives for forever for, in a positive way, and it's it's just a wonderful as one of my students said,
1: amazing grace it's wonderful to work for a company that genuinely cares for its people. I have no doubt that you will continue on this path and uh, continue to impact the lives of Jamaicans positively, both home and abroad. Thank you very much, and we appreciate your support as well. We're now joined by thank you chance Wilson. CEO of the Grace and Staff Community Development Foundation, another avenue through which Grace Kennedy and its staff are helping others. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, Tankita. Thank you so much, John. Pleasure. One of your more recent initiatives is the Journey to 1000. Tell us what's the significance of this and exactly what does it entail? So, this journey to 1000 um, really is a new. Um,
3: a new initiative that fits into our broader goals of of serving um, serving our communities and um, creating equity among our students in education. It's an initiative that was inspired by our CEO, um, the group CEO, Mr. Don Webby, and so he, you know, he charged the foundation, to increase our numbers. at the time we were supporting financially approximately five hundred students. And by supporting me contributing to their school fees, providing stipends, um, for transportation, meals, that kind of thing. Um, and to increase that number, to double that number to 1,000 by, um, 2022, which is the year of Grace Kennedy's 100th anniversary. It's a legacy project, really. Um, it's one that, uh, would be groundbreaking because it's not, a, that no other foundation, um, certainly to my knowledge in Jamaica, um, supports that. Um, large number of students and so it would serve as um, inspiration, hopefully, for others to seek to widen and grow their numbers because the need is so significant. So we want to be able to assist
1: as many students, especially from our neighboring communities, as possible. I, I take it that these are focused on students in underserved communities. That that's our major focus. Uh, we do appreciate, though, that there are
3: students who are not in underserved communities, but have similar circumstances in terms of their need. Um, and so we are not averse to supporting those students, but we target, largely, students from the underserved communities, and in particular, those that neighbor or Grace Kennedy operations. Here in Kingston, um, in Clarendon, you know, we have our factories, uh, St. James, and so on. But we, we, we certainly, you know, when we see the need, we certainly do our best to support where we can, even outside
1: of those areas. Okay, so how can, uh, students qualify for assistance from your, your foundation under this particular project? So it, it's
3: quite simple. We try to make it as simple as possible. Um, as I indicated, or um, our focus areas really are the space is in I a mean, room Grace Kennedy does business. So here downtown, we're based downtown. Um, students from within um, Central Kingston, Great Town, West Kingston and so on, Majestic Gardens, Olympic Gardens um, are some of the communities. Um, if, if the student uh, is residing in a community or has very close ties to the community, if they are you know, assessed to be in significant need of financial assistance. And that can, what that can look like is, you know, parents are unemployed or a single parent, um, with a, a, an unstable income or no income at all. Um, some of our students are, are, are potential participants are past beneficiaries, which usually is an indication of um, some great financial need. Um, if they are, of course, they have to be registered <laughs> in, an, in an education institution, either the high school or tertiary level, um, and um, outside of the, the neighboring community, they're not a volatile area where we we're trying to reach um, and to, to, to reach students and, and young people who are at risk as well, right? So if we if there, there are students who are in at risk communities outside of the one that I've named or where we're risking business, we also, you know, pay special attention to those students in a part of our program as well. And because we're a community development foundation, we have a special place and <laughs> you know provide special conservation for children. Active community volunteers, because there are so many active community volunteers who themselves probably aren't even employed, but because they they, they dedicate their time and energy to building mm-hmm. their communities, they often neglect their own needs and those of their children. And so we we, we, we look out for those um, those 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 children of those um, active community volunteers as well. In terms of our our, our, our tertiary students. We um, really focus on persons 35 years and and and, and younger, and we also pay very close attention to our our students with physical um, physical and, and developmental challenges as well. So that essentially, you know, is, is a private, the kind of
1: criteria that we look at.
3: winning camera club. We have a mentorship program, a very vibrant um, mentorship program where students are matched. It's a larger career mentorship program. And so students um, are assessed in terms of um, potential career choices and they are they are matched with uh, professionals from Grace Kennedy from the business as well as some of the older, older, more mature students. Uh, in addition, we provide counseling. We have an in-house um, Psychologist, counseling psychologist who's employed to the foundation who leads that um, component of of our offering. Mm -hmm. We partner with uh, um, students who are pursuing, large students are pursuing their masters in social work with an interest in counseling to to aid and support our our counseling um, counseling arm as well as our, our social workers. Who are a part of our team here at Grace Staff also aid in providing that kind of counseling, um, counseling support. So it's, it's, it's quite a, a wide array of offerings, um, for our students, um, aimed at, you know, growing and developing the whole person and, 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 and hopefully serving for those who are in the, you know, in the at risk um, category, serving as a di- diversionary tool um um
1: from you know getting involved in other activities and really going on a path of success and improving their life chances what has been the impact of your program in especially at-risk communities you know it's 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 it's, it's just to see
3: the successes of our students um back in 19 in the early 1980s and staff shifted their focus to so education um at the time you had very 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 minimal numbers of who are even pursuing high school and today um, I believe that our contributions to the lives of the students and the young people in the community has served as motivation for others, for other students and for other families to, you know, to, to pursue education as, as an alternative and as a, as, a, as a really viable means of uplifting their circumstances. Uh, or homework program, which is somewhat on hold because of the pandemic, um, you know, that creates such a, a wonderful opportunity for students to um to socialize and to, of course, to gain further assistance and support with their schoolwork. And that's something that's often lacking, um, unfortunately, in some schools and some spaces, for a number of reasons, um, sometimes not to any real fault of maybe the parents or garden because they're trying to hustle and trying to trying to earn a bread for their families. But you know, the safe space that we have created in in in, in our six communities really has served as as encouragement and motivation for students, parents and their families alike, um, to so really see education as a means of uplifting themselves, as I said. And um, and positively engaging them and serving as a distraction from other things that really would have distracted them and sent them in another direction. So the, the impact is there. The, the, there there are so many content in this is though that often you know um, might distract and, and, and detract from some of what we try to do. But you know, I say to my team all the time: Can you imagine? If us and other stakeholders were not doing we're doing in these communities, what we'll, would we'll, we'll be happening? So there is so much hope. Um, there's so much talent. There's so much skill. And there's so many bright students who just really need the opportunity, um, to create that level of equity so that they too can excel. They can change the trajectory of what their lives would have been, um, had we not been involved.
1: So I'd say that we have been having an impact and we continue to have an impact and we're not leaving. You also operate a STEM center in, in Kingston. Uh, tell yes. us what is the STEM center and uh, exactly what happens there. So, our STEM center is mean, the first of its kind in Jamaica. So, we're very,
3: very excited about that, about sharing that each time. It's with STEM. Is a science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Now, mathematics, you will see from, um, from results and, and studies that that is an area of challenge for a number of students. Um, and so we really wanted to create a space where we could make learning fun, make learning exciting, and really promote, in, um, you know, creativity and innovation. That is something that often our students in the, in the underserved communities don't get a chance to participate in uh, because it's not something that um, is offered necessarily um, in, in some of the schools where they attend. So, this STEM center has really just presented them with the opportunity to participate in learning in a new and exciting and project based way. It, en- it enhances their team building skills, it enhances their ability to um, work creatively with others and to produce um, work that they can be proud of and that can be groundbreaking and life changing and that's something that probably a lot of our students would not have had the opportunity to do outside of having this kind of space, this
1: kind of building in their space. So where exactly is the center located and um, who gets to be a part of the center? So our center,
3: our STEM center, our the Parade Gardens. STEM Center is located right here in Parade Gardens mm-hmm. here downtown. However, it's open. So we have had we have opened our doors to students from not just underserved communities, but anyone who's interested in um, in 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 sharing in the space and learning and utilizing our technology and, and what we have to offer there. We embarked on a early childhood program. As you know, the, you may know the Ministry of Education is promoting through the PEP curriculum and so on, um, project-based type learning. Uh, and so we have opened our doors to the schools within the, in and around the downtown community. And prior to the pandemic, you know, they will come on a regular basis. Um, and the teachers who deliver the curriculum using, as I said, the technology, smart board, et cetera, and the implements that we have, the resources that we have at the center. We have, we've continued, we have a STEM club, which consists of students largely from central Kingston, Raytown, Rose Gardens, et cetera, um, which are neighboring to, 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 to the location. Um, and we're hoping that, you know, once we get up, get to a place beyond this pandemic where we can gather again, that we'll be able to, uh, have our students, um, from across, not just from across King, Kingston, but from across the island as well, utilize the space because it's such a wonderful, um, wonderful space, um, for our students to, to be
1: in so that we can really ignite a passion for creativity, especially in the area of STEM. I know funding is always, uh, you know, uh, an important part of the work that you do. Any plans to establish any more of these centres across the island? It's definitely something that we've been thinking
3: about. Uh, it is, it is, it is a it's a costly venture, <laughs> um, and so it, you know, it's not one that you can take back in terms of establishing. This centre was established in partnership with your um, funding providers through the USA, United States Agency for International Development. So we're extremely grateful for that. And so we, we, we are open to partnerships for sure um, in, in, in establishing similar spaces as other parts
1: of the island. No immediate plans, no, but we are very, 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 very open to that. Continue to make that uh, significant impact that you have been having on, especially students in the underserved communities. Thank you so much. It will be remiss of me if you could allow me. Um, just so, just is of course, thank
3: the, as a name such as Grace and Staff Community Development Foundation, it's a partnership between the company and the staff. So our funding comes from um, contributions, voluntary contributions, um, financial contributions from the staff of Grace Kennedy. And this is matched by the company two to one. And then, of course, we're also one. A, um, a, a, a financial financials from the company as well. So I have to
1: thank and dig a picture of because we've been extremely supportive in ensuring that we're able to do the kind of work that we do. That is very good. I want to thank you very much. Thank you to Chance Wilson, CEO of the Grace and the Staff Community Development Foundation. And earlier we had Caroline Laffoud, uh, CEO of the Grace and Foundation. Thanks for being with us on Impacting Jamaica.
0: Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement, and at the SagiCore Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. you join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.